0: Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to DBR Bytes, episode number fifteen. I am your host for this episode. I'm Sam Klein. I am joined by Jason Evans. Jason, good afternoon, sir. How are you?
1: I'm doing pretty well. It's been a interesting, interesting day for
0: Blue Devil fans. <laughs> yes, it has. I, I think the the topic that listeners may be looking for our reaction on immediately is Dana O'Neill's piece. In the athletic today about uh, how John Shire plans to not recruit as many freshmen in the future, and we would love to react to that, but we were discussing well, boy, it. Today.
1: Are they, by the way, Sam, there are like 19 different ways you can read into
0: that. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely, I, and 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 I can't wait to talk about it. And and we were you, me, and Donald were were talking about it uh, this afternoon, but we couldn't Via get text. three of us. Be a text chain, yes. right? Not yeah, yeah. yeah, not on the show, <laughs> right? But we couldn't figure out when all of us would be able to get online to talk about it. So, here's what we'll, we're going to say. This episode is our preview for the Virginia Tech game, which is on Saturday. Return game that Duke gets against Virginia Tech. I'll be there. I'll be there Jason. sitting in some primo seats. courtesy a
1: fan of the podcast who uh, has become a friend of mine. Just a great, great guy. I'm super excited about this.
0: Jason will be at the game, which is awesome. So, I won't be there, unfortunately. But Jason will be there, so he's got... He's got the eyes in the room for us. We are going to do another episode that we'll hopefully get out in the next day or two to talk about the Dana O'Neill article. In the meantime, one, read it. Hopefully you're yeah. subscribed to The Athletic so you can read it. Uh, Brendan Marks also had a, a a great interview this week with Coach K that I don't think we touched on either. So we no, probably but- just have to do a... We probably have to do like a whole recap of everything The Athletic has written about Duke basketball.
1: Yeah, basically, (laughs) if you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, then you're missing out on some really impressive content. Because, yeah, uh, between Dana O'Neill and Brendan Marks and and some other other Sam Vecini, you know, some other other people who cover college basketball. It's like, wow, it's really, really good content.
0: But none of the stuff that came out this week from The Athletic is going away. So here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Hold tight. While you're holding tight, go to the DBR forums and participate in the discussion there. And we will give you our thoughts in podcast form in the next day or two. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. By the way, Sam, so it was hysterical. So I posted. I saw the article about John Shire and and the you know perhaps you know a significant shift in his recruiting philosophy. And I posted the link on the on the Duke Basketball Report forums. And I was like, I wonder, you know, I wonder if people are going to really think uh, like I think this is a big deal. This seems like something significant. I wonder if people will agree with me. Like inside of two hours, the the thread had like eighty posts in it. <laughs> like it it exploded. <laughs> people clearly read the same thing I did and said, "Oh, we've been we've been eager for Duke to maybe gently move away from the one and done thing. Looks like it may be happening." And- okay. We're, and, we're talking about too much. We can't do this. There's, there's <laughs> a lot.
0: There's a lot to get into. So, so we're not going. Donald's going
1: to do it. be mad. Donald's. We're be going to us. preview
0: the Virginia Tech game, and <laughs> this won't need to be as comprehensive a preview as we usually do, because of course, Correct, right. this is the second time that Duke is playing Virginia Tech this season. It was almost exactly a month ago that Duke went up to Blacksburg and lost a very tight game to Virginia Tech. The final score was seventy-eight to seventy-five. Uh, You you may recall it. You may not. Duke now gets the the return game at home since that game.
1: Sam, should we should we call it the
0: throat punch game? It's the throat punch game. The throat punch game. Sure. Yes. Yes. Since then, Virginia Tech has gone four and four. We we talked about going into that game, how Virginia Tech had been really hot early in the season. They came into ACC play with just one loss and then they proceeded to uh, poop the bed. For the first half of ACC season, they have somewhat righted the ship. I think in a little, in a, a, a little bit. Since then, they they've got a win against Virginia, they've got to win against Pittsburgh, but uh, it doesn't feel like they're headed to the NCAA tournament, given the number of of bad ACC losses that they've racked up. So, Jason, start me off with what has Virginia Tech done in that time since they last played Duke in going four and four in sort of the middle portion of the ACC schedule.
1: Yeah, so the wins actually look pretty good. The four wins, you mentioned Virginia and Pitt. They were they were games at home. They were games at Virginia Tech. But still, beating Virginia and Pitt, two teams at the top of the standings, no shame in that. I mean, that's a really good result for Virginia Tech. They also beat Syracuse at home, and they got a road victory over Notre Dame. So you're thinking like, dude, that looks pretty great. They have road losses, though, to uh, to uh, to Miami and Georgia Tech. No shame in losing to Miami. Losing to Georgia Tech that's a problem and they have home home losses. They lost at home to Miami again and to BC. Those losses to Georgia Tech and BC are just killers. Uh, it's it's kind of shocking that a team that could beat you know Duke and Pittsburgh and Virginia could lose to BC and Georgia Tech. It shows you how up and down you know how schizophrenic this Virginia Tech team is from from game to game. Jason, they're zero two against Boston College this year. Yeah, it's like, how? I I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And and the crazy thing is, it looked like the win over Duke. You know, they'd had some injury problems, key players who had missed time earlier in the season, and you went, okay, well, that's why they struggled early in ACC play. They got healthy. Hunter Couture came back. They got healthy, and you went, okay, the, this win against Duke that they had is going to vault them in the right direction. And people were even talking about Virginia Tech, you know, finishing the season, like going like, you know, seven and one or something like that over their final eight games. You know, there was all kinds of talk that they were going to do something like that and and finish like 500 in the ACC. Didn't happen. Didn't happen at all. Um, there was talk they might push for an at-large bid. Virginia Tech is currently six and 11 in the ACC. The only way they're going to the NCAA tournament is if they win the ACC tournament, which they don't seem poised to do. In fact, they're pretty likely to be playing five games in five days, which is just not not a good formula for this
0: team. They're probably playing in the NIT at best. So if I look back at Duke's first game against Virginia Tech, it's such a funny thing to be reviewing games from a month or two ago, because the first question that I have when I do look at the box scores is, wait, who played for Duke in this game? So just to refresh, Duke (laughs) had had the entire roster healthy for this game. Uh, well, Jeremy wrote. Hold on, Derek Whitehead got.
1: You know,
0: Derek Whitehead was injured during this game. Right, uh, fairly early in the second half,
1: and he was playing arguably his best ball of the season before he got hurt.
0: But Jeremy Roach was in this game. Derek Lively was in this game. Correct. Derek Whitehead got hurt during this game. The other thing that I remember from this, uh, now that I'm playing refresh on it, is Grant Basile just lit Duke up in this one. Uh, Duke, Duke could not stop him at the rim, and that was the the main issue. But since then, and Jason, you tell me if if you think I'm on to something here. Since then, Derek Lively has gone from, you know, decent interior uh, defender to complete freak in, yes, in playing defense <laughs> against against big men. So <laughs> is the is the key against Virginia Tech this time around that Derek Lively is just going to haunt Grant Pasile into Duke getting a victory at home against the Hokies?
1: I mean, I think that's entirely possible. Lively did not play a great deal in that first game, as you mentioned. Basile goes for twenty-four points and eight rebounds. It's worth noting, Kyle Filipowski went for twenty-nine points and ten rebounds, and they were guarding each other a lot of the time. I, maybe I should revise that. They they didn't guard each other very much. Not at all. <laughs> One guy goes for twenty-nine, the other guy goes for twenty-four. But I really think, like you said, that we're going to see Derek Lively trying to take Basile um, out of his game a little bit. It is worth noting. That lately, Basile has been stepping outside a lot. He's been shooting a lot of three pointers. Like, it's not uncommon for him to throw up seven, eight, maybe even 10 three point attempts in a game. And he has been, you know, we we knew he was a decent player coming into that game. And, you know, the 24 points was a little eye opening. Since then, he has been a real stud. Like, in his past five games, Grant Basile has gone for 33 on two different occasions. He also has two other games over 20 points in his past five games. Dude's averaging like 25 plus points per game. So he is playing really great basketball. I'm, I'm super eager to see what Duke does to shut him down because I think lively ordinarily, you'd be like, Oh, putting your center on this guy who goes inside and out, but lively is so mobile. I, I really think it's going to be, I, I think you'll see Duke playing Basile with lively a pretty good bit. And it could really frustrate him. And I'm
0: I don't know what Virginia Tech turns to without that. On the topic of big men, the other thing that Virginia Tech did a great job of against Duke is holding Duke to just under 30% on offensive rebounding opportunities, a a place where Virginia Tech is only, you know, sort of a middling team and Duke is obviously still very good despite a couple of shaky performances. So, stick with the with the big man topic for now. What do you anticipate in this game on the offensive glass?
1: Well, Virginia Tech is not a particularly great um, rebounding team. I, I think that you know they may have just sort of risen to the occasion. Uh, they're they're not a you know they're they're not terrible at it. I mean they're they're better on. Are you telling me, teams.
0: Jason, that Castle Coliseum is a house of horrors? <laughs> yeah,
1: to some extent, the crowd certainly lifted them in that game. But but I don't. I, I would I would expect that Duke would do a a better job of, of offensive rebounding in this game than they did in the last one. I mean, both because it is in Cameron and because I think that Virginia tech, they're just not a team that consistently gets that many defensive rebounds. Um, You know, they're like ranked in the one twenties or something like that in defensive rebounding. They, they do a good job of not fouling. I mean, that's one of the things they're really good at, but um, they're they're not good at forcing turnovers on on defense. I I just, I I feel like they're going to struggle a little bit to, to stop Duke, you know, assuming that we're still shooting fairly well. It, it feels like lately Duke's offense has has advanced a bit. Duke's offense has struggled throughout the year at, at times. Um, I, I like the fact that we're playing a team that doesn't force a ton of turnovers because that has been the big problem for Duke this season. But again, Virginia Tech is just not good at
0: that aspect of basketball. Jason, what else do you have on on Virginia Tech? What else are you looking forward to in this rematch? So the, the big thing for them, when they succeed, it's
1: it's on offense. Uh they're they're one of the top 30 offensive teams in the country, which is really, really impressive. And they are, you know, I was talking about turnovers a minute ago. They are truly outstanding at hanging on to the ball. They're 12th in the country at turnover percentage. Um, they're pretty good shooters, yeah, you know, especially from two-point range. They they, you know, they're they're good, but not great from three. You know, they're a little bit above average, but but from two-point range, they're one of the best uh field goal shooting teams in the country sort of weird by the way they they're a very poor offensive rebounding team. I don't think they'll get a lot of boards on the offensive end against Duke and they do a terrible job of getting to the free throw line. I mean literally like one of the bottom 30 40 teams in the country in terms of the number of free throws that they that they end up end up shooting. Ken Pomeroy says that Duke wins this game 74 to 67. And and it's worth noting when talking about the advanced metrics and and Sam in comparing where Virginia tech was when Duke played them last time and where they are now, which is where we sort of started this conversation. When Duke played Virginia tech in the first game, they were number 47 in Pomeroy's rankings. So their record was not very good, but their, uh, their metrics, you know, their, in terms of their actual scores and how they did it at efficiency was pretty strong. And that's why people were saying they expected this Virginia tech team to, to rise up and do a lot better. The back half of their ACC schedule They were a top 50 team, which means like like they were a bubble kind of team when Duke played them last time. They are currently number 72 in Ken Palm's rankings. They have fallen, you know, more than like 25 spots since Duke played them last time. And it sort of shows you this thing that we were talking about at the beginning that, yeah, they've had some decent results, but for the most part, this team has underperformed what the expectations were for them in a pretty significant way. And since Duke played them last time, they are playing worse than they were prior to that even though their record
0: is is arguably better now than it was then so we will look forward to that game just to remind you about the context here duke has 3 games left in the regular season they've got this saturday against virginia tech they've got tuesday the final home game that senior night against nc state and then of course next saturday uh down there at the at the dean dome so 3 games left duke is 20 and 8 they are it seems like in in solid position to to gain some ground in in their NCAA tournament seeding projection. So uh, Duke can Duke can can not easily, but it feels like they've got an opportunity to win their last three games of the season and feel much better about their their seeding chances.
1: Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, they will be favored. Uh, certainly uh, against Virginia tech and NC state, because both those games are in Cameron, but those are not easy games. NC state, especially has been playing really good basketball lately. And, and uh, you know, as much as Duke will want revenge for, for our very, very unfortunate trip to Reynolds uh, it, it, NC state's a really good opponent. And that game against Carolina, they could be super desperate. It is entirely possible that Carolina will be playing for their tournament life in that game. So, most of the metrics will tell you, most of the experts will tell you, yeah, Duke could win these last three games. No question about it. I mean, it's not like we have a, a road game at Miami or, or at, at Virginia, you know, really, really tough. But at the same time, this is one of the harder, you know, home stretch schedules of any team in the ACC. Uh, I, they could go 3-0, and but you got to take them one at a time because any one of these three
0: opponents could certainly win. Jason, I love that you think that NC State still plays at Reynolds Coliseum, whatever the hell. You're right. I know. I <laughs> that was a great that was a great old ACC moment. I love. You know what? I love that. I, I love I just, that. You know,
1: I'm flowing. It's all coming out. Oh, no, it's man. great. It's and great in my I, head. is, it, is it? PNC Arena. Wait, it's PNC they now Arena. play.
0: Yeah, they, I, I think it's it's now called PNC Arena. Is the, whatever.
1: I saw a concert in Reynolds Coliseum. I saw. Uh, oh God, who uh, Jethro Tull in Reynolds Coliseum? What? Yes. When I was in college, I went to a Jethro Tull concert
0: at, at Reynolds, and it was amazing. Wait, can we talk about that for, for a bite? I would love to know about the Jethro Tull concert. Anyway. I am uh, the please.
1: And you know, the crazy thing is, Sam, I don't go to a lot of, I'm not a big concert guy. I'm, I, I, know, I know there are a lot we, of people out there.
0: I'm a, I'm a concert guy, so I, I, I uh, it, it gives me lots of joy to hear about people who are not concert people telling me they went to cool shows.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Like my, my, uh. My mother has seen the Grateful Dead multiple times, and uh, my mother could name you maybe three Grateful Dead songs, uh, which like like the real – not like, you know, I've seen like Dead and Company, but that's different.
1: So oh, I actually – I need to correct myself. It wasn't Jethro – I saw Jethro Tell someplace else. I saw Rush at Reynolds Coliseum. Also may, cool. Maybe better than Jethro Tull.
0: <laughs> Depending on your proclivities. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, both, those are both great stories. Okay, awesome. Uh, Yeah, NC State doesn't play in Reynolds. The NC State women do. Uh, I don't know when the last time the NC State men's team played in Reynolds, but we wish they would I go mean, back. You, you know, know, we miss the days of, of you know, everyone's got to play in a, in their own Cameron Indoor. Uh, none of these big, get rid of big arenas. Big arenas yep. are dumb. I,
1: I couldn't agree more. My mind went back to the last time I went to an
0: NC State game, and it was definitely in Reynolds, so. Awesome. All right, so. So that's that. I, I think we're I think we're done. We've we've deviated too much. Duke plays Virginia Tech on Saturday. We will be back before that to talk about Duke related articles from the Athletic and any other topics that come up. So for Jason Evans, for Donald Wine, who's not here but who you will hear from very shortly in the next couple of days. I am Sam Klein. This has been DBR Bites, Episode Fifteen. Duke ban. Take us home.
1: I said, by the way, I said Reynolds and I was like, they don't play in Reynolds. It's like there's no <laughs> the way they play in Reynolds. Guys. Was, <laughs> 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 That's great.